All right, the Sports Dribble Podcast brought to you by Sports Rewind Digital. Today I'm joined by pro triathlete Hamish Longmuir. How are you, mate? Good, how are you? Good, mate. Uh, big weekend ahead. The local yeah. Spark Elmore Triathlon. Uh, Drugs has been posting up lots of athletes for the week. How are you feeling, mate? Um, I'm feeling good. Um, I've hopefully gotten over a little virus that I have had for the past couple of weeks. Um, so hopefully I can be fighting fit on Sunday. But yeah, it's um, interesting Interesting that they've shorted, shortened the distance this year, which is probably going to come in a little bit handy for me, but also be a bit of a Achilles heel of mine, not doing as much speed as I used to. Yeah. So you're focused a bit more on the longer stuff now, aren't you? The 70.3 um, rather than the sprint. Is that correct? Yeah. So I, I've turned pro as a 70.3 athlete. Um, I sort of, Started to turn away from the short course once I left school, just knowing that I didn't have the run leg to be able to go with the faster guys in that short course. And I was a more of a swim biker when I was younger. So I, um, I was like, well, 7.3 is obviously, it's 9K on the bike. It's very individual. Um, so I was hoping to bring my uh, good bike legs, but I've... Uh, I did a four-year stint turning into a runner, <laughs> so nice. it's, I'm more of a I'm more of a swim runner now than a swim biker, which is sort of handy. But it also means I got a lot of work to do on the bike again. Yeah, let's uh let's talk about the Spark Helmore, mate. Well, yeah, well yeah. we got it fresh now. It's a 29th edition. Uh, I remember yep. remember the old days of Spark Helmore we used to get in at the brewery and sort of the the tide used to carry me down all the way. Uh, I know this year you're going up and back and they, they say the, the tide's going to be with you. Yep. The current's going to be with you on the way back. So that's a good thing. Um, yep. So you said the distance changes now, mate. What is it now? 750 swim, is it? Yeah. So normally the Spark Elmore is an Olympic distance, which is one and a half K swim, 40 K bike and a 10 K run. So they've actually halved it this year. So they've only got the sprint. Yep. Uh, they got. I think it's a sprint, and they then the enticer as well. Yep. So, um, yeah, a bit of a different dynamic. Obviously, shorter race can can go harder. Um, it's a lot more appealing to a lot more athletes as well. So I'll be curious to see if the, any of the um, up and coming juniors in Newcastle show up. Um, I don't know any of them if any of them are racing definitely but it would be good to see some of them absolutely it's always a good event for newcastle um i mean right you're going to be riding around the beach i know they cut out king edward park this year that was always uh a non-favorite of mine but um <laughs> mate it should be a good course six laps over the 21 k's on the bike um you're going to be pretty flat and fast i'd imagine yeah, there's a lot of hot dog turns. I um I went out and rode the rode the course yesterday, and there's three hot dog turns per lap, and then you've wow. got a little sort of dog leg up and down Fort Scratchley. So the it's it'll be very stop start, um, yeah. but between 
all the turnaround points, it will be, I would dare say, extremely fast. Yeah. Um, especially that run all the way down from the top of Fort Scratchley back towards the brewery. It's pretty much downhill and, yeah, it's, it'll be probably the fastest section of the course. Um, don't know what the wind's doing, but I dare say it's a Sunday morning, so it is going to be still as anything out there, which will be good. It was pretty calm there this morning, mate. Um, had a bit of a walk around there this morning and it was uh, pretty calm. So fingers crossed it's yeah. uh, nice and calm. 7.30 kickoff. Um, yeah, sleep for, in. Is that for the pros <laughs> or is that, do the age groupers go later or? Um, that's for everyone. So there's actually a pro category. It's just, um, they will, it's more just age group. So any, everyone can race. Everyone starts at the same time, which I don't mind. I do enjoy it. It um, It's sort of, it spreads us out enough, but yeah, it's, it'll be, it's good to have guys like me, Nate Stewart, who Nate's been a long time veteran of the sport and me coming through and having all the other age groupers being able to start with us. Um, so that means more time on course with us and, yeah, they can hopefully get dragged along a bit in the swim as well. Absolutely. Mate, I've enjoyed Nate's post this week on Facebook. He's been popping up all the athletes, um, you know, people like Langy and Regina Wright, and it's been really good to, to see all that. And uh, obviously he posted something about you there as well. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really cool to see because the Spark Elmore Triathlon, obviously been around for 29 years, I wouldn't imagine there's too many triathlons in Australia that have been going for that long. Um, so it's pretty iconic and you're going to see lots of different athletes there, lots of high-class athletes, which is uh, always cool to watch. I'm going to come in and um, bring the camera in and have a bit of a look myself. It's been a few years since I've been in and watched it, so it should be good fun. Um, now for you, training-wise, you're into the 70.3s. How would something like this uh, differ from your training? Do you just sort of, I, I know you've been sick now, so you, you're obviously going to be a little bit, uh, I guess, less volume being sick, but how would you usually training-wise come into something like this? Um, it's, a bit, it's a bit weird because I haven't actually done something that, this short a long time. Um, it would all depend what what's coming up for me, I dare say. Um, so obviously I had Melbourne last week, which unfortunately I didn't finish because uh, of my illness. Um, so it would have been pretty similar anyway, what I've done this week, sort of start of the week a bit, a bit easier. And then obviously towards the later week, I could put a bit more volume in and then tomorrow I'll only do about an hour and a half of training, if that. Yep. Um, but if I was coming off a full training block, I'd targeted this as one of my races. Um, it would be the complete opposite where I'd do all my bigger volume at the start of the week, sort of more speed related stuff. Um, and then obviously coming in sort of Wednesday, uh, Thursday, Friday, it would be more short race pace efforts. Um, just sharpen up, get ready for the weekend, get all the lactic out of my legs, 
And then sat, uh, tomorrow I'll probably still do the exact same one hour ride, three K one hour ride in the morning, three K run in the afternoon. Yep. Um, and then just put the feet up really. Nice. Now, so 70.3 uh, is non-drafting. Is tomorrow yep. a non, non-drafting event? It is a non-drafting event. Um, it'll be a bit interesting to see how short the laps are. I dare say it's, it's going to be people everywhere. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not too – it is what it is. Um, there's been plenty of vocal people about the state of – um, age group triathlon this year and the whole drafting scenario um, they can't really fix it it's going to happen yeah with the amount of people they're trying to put on courses but uh, considering this is a little bit smaller event I'm going to say it won't be as bad yeah um, and because of all the stop starts it'll sort of spread people out because it's more how you handle the bike not just you get in the group, you ride 20Ks in a straight line, you turn around, you ride 20Ks back, back and you do it twice. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I know uh, uh, listening to uh, how, they, how They Train podcast, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about, um, Jack was talking about um, some sort of meter that they're trying to implement for Ironman. Now, yeah. <laughs> this has been a long time coming, I know, but uh, there was a fair few... Oh yeah, Probably this year at Hawaii that uh, you know some of them were a bit harsh, but yeah, until they get something that's going to be, you know, here's how far you've got. It's, yeah. it's going to be hard. You know, yeah. everyone's judgment's going to be different. Exactly. There was one on the weekend with um, a good mate of mine, Mitch Cunningham, who, uh, from all I've heard from the race, he pulled a massive close to 40k turn um and then one guy rolled in front of him and a ta rode up next to him and just pinned him for drafting even though he'd just been on the front for about an hour wow that's brutal yeah so yeah he wasn't too impressed but as you said he goes until they work out exactly how to fix this get the 12 meters right um i know the i know challenge and even the pto have implemented um, they've got cones, one cone set up every 20 metres or 12 metres, depending on what they do for their draft zone. Yeah. So the athletes know exactly how far they need to be behind um, the athlete in front of them, which I like. I, I do rate that. It's a lot easier. Obviously, it's not then based off your perspective of 12 metres or 15 or 20, whatever it is on the day. Yeah. I think it's 10. I think it's 10 metres for short course. Yeah, I think so. From memory now, yeah. Yeah. Well, they've got to do something, and I guess that's a good step. Um, I know PTO, I've really liked watching some of their events um, this year. Is that something that you'd want to get involved in? Um, yeah, so that's the that would be the big goal, get to like one of their big, uh, like Dallas Open, Canadian Open, one of those sorts of things or even just get invited to one of their races. Yeah. Um, they, they're doing a lot for professionals in, in our sport now. So it's, it's, it's a good thing to see. Yeah. Um, it's been needed. Obviously 
other than the Challenge and Ironman series, there isn't really a series that goes around. Like, I think Strokes talks about like the F1 Grand Prix and all that. There isn't really a series like that anymore for professionals. Yeah. So the PTO is sort of bringing that, bringing that back in, giving pros opportunity to actually be able to live as a pro and not have to search for part-time work that I, that some people do. Yeah. Now, how about you and your situation, mate? Do you work full-time as well and, uh, yeah. and race? Yeah. So I'm still, I'm still full-time working as an air conditioning installer. Yep. So I, um, yeah, I do a 40 ish hour week of work. Um, varying hours mainly because i also do commercial stuff so yeah sometimes i start at six o'clock some start sometimes i start at seven like it's it's all based off what jobs i'm doing where we've got to go um like uh, this time last year i was also doing some um working away in like place like tamworth dubbo i was in albury earlier this year leading into husky so that was a that was a big uh, twelve days for me leading into a race. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm still working. Just turned tradesman six months ago, so I turned tradesman and turned pro at the exact same time. So that that's that like was it, a big. Right? Thank you. It was a it was a long time coming. <laughs> Two big things, mate. Two very big things. Obviously, getting your trade and and turning professional. It's you know a lot of people's dream to be a professional athlete. And, um, and obviously the struggles along the way, working and, you know, different things that you got to uh, endure before you can go and race. Um, yeah. Now, I know you're sponsored by a few people. Let's uh, give them a plug, mate. Who, who are you sponsored by? Um, so um, BMC jumped on board with me back in August yep. um, as an ambassador. Um, also Carbon Mafia Wheels, they're based out of, Oh, oh my, he's going to kill me. Um, a little town in Victoria. Yeah. Um, sorry, Noel, I, I forgot. I forgot where where it's based in. Um, also, Newcastle Toyota's helping me out financially. Um, just just with flights at the moment. Um, Cycle House on the Central Coast. Yeah. Uh, Morton. I um, I've done. I do a little bit with them. I I also do a little bit of work with them at expos and stuff. Um, so I've been using their product for almost three years now. Yep. Um, run a shop on the Central Coast and in uh, Randwick in Sydney. Uh, uh, Strength and Beer Recovery, who I think you might know him, Troy Lowry. Yep. Yep. He, um, he helps me out with recovery when I can get in between work and sessions. Makes it hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it does. It does make it hard when I'm trying to juggle work and then I've got sort of four to five hours of training after work to do. And yeah, I'll work it out eventually. Right. It's fantastic to see. Now, first year as a pro, uh, I've got written down here, Port Mac 70.3 champion. Yep. Let's run us through that race, mate. What an achievement. Oh. <laughs> Uh, that that was probably the lesser of the two. Husky was probably my better one. Yeah. That was a bit of Husky. I also won the that was the Australian long course title. Okay. So Hus so Port was the Ironman seventy point three title. Yep. And Husky was the Australian long course title. Yep. Um, 
So Husky had just come off a 12-day straight work week, uh, yeah. obviously in Albury. Um, so I was doing 10, 10-ish hour days, then training afterwards. Um, that was a bit, I wouldn't say Husky was stressful. Um, I had a good swim. Uh, I was sort of three minutes ahead coming onto the bike. Um, and then sort of first, first couple, first lap of the bike, I, I remember this, I remember thinking to myself, all right, bike's going to be where the most amount of damage is done to me. I knew that for a fact. Um, but after the first lap, I'd gone from being three minutes ahead to almost only a minute. Yep. Um, then I was sort of weathered the storm the second lap. Um, they were in front of me by that point. Obviously, now with triathlon, they've got this whole rolling start scenario. So I was the first person in the water. So my issue was, yeah, I was first person in the water, but I knew anyone that caught me was going to be in front of me, which I, was, I knew very early on that that was going to be the case mainly because I like to be having clear water in the swim so I don't have to battle through people. I can just pick my line and stick to it. Um, so I got off the bike with, I think it was six or seven guys. Yep. So they were, I think I had a three-minute deficit to run down. Um, very quickly on the run, I found my run legs. Um, and... From then on, I sort of just started ticking away, um, turned at the halfway, turned at the 5K point, started running back. And I'm looking at all these guys as I'm running back going, no, I'm not running fast. I'm running faster than you. I'm running faster than you. I'm running faster than you. Well, I didn't actually know that was someone still not off the bike yet when I was halfway through my run. That was still three minutes up there. So I never saw him. Never Didn't even know who he was like had no idea that he was actually still like he had that massive gap on me i remember mum saying saying to me at the halfway point i've got to keep got to keep pushing i was sitting there going yeah i know i've got to keep pushing but like surely i'm close to the lead by now like i'm I was looking at my watch and i'm sitting on 330s 335k pace i'm sitting there going the only people that run faster than me at moments are the pros, like from what I could see. I remember coming up back on the second, going out on the second lap. I still, I was looking at all the guys and you going, no, no, you're I'm running faster than you. Like just visually, I could, I could see that they were not running that quick from wherever it was, leg cadence or just how they running style was. And I turned at the top turn. And as I'm running back, I remember seeing, I can't even remember what suit he was in now. I saw him running towards me and I'm sitting there going, he's running quick. And I was like, right. So there is someone running as fast as me. Right, that's all right. Ran up the hill. Um, I was quietly confident that I'd, I knew I'd won my age group, um, but I had no idea if I was, we're going to 
win my like the overall title, which is what I want to do. And it wasn't till about 20 minutes later when I was sitting, sitting down, having some food with mum and dad that they both said me like, yeah, you, you, you've won it. I'm like, right, sweet. That's, that's job. That was the job done. So for me to qualify, qualify for my pro license, I had to come top three yep. at that race overall as an age grouper. Yep. So coming off that race, I was, um, I was like, all right, jobs, jobs done. Like, I said to mum, I was like, all right, I've got Malulba next weekend. I was like, all right, well, let's see if I can race opens because I was, I was entered as an age grouper as a backup plan. Yeah. Something happened at Husky. Um, got it that, the next weekend. So didn't end up racing Malulba. Um, and then it was sort of a big eight-week grind where I was still fighting, still fighting off COVID, um, I was sort of training to my heart rate. So I wasn't letting my heart rate get too high. I sort of, instead of flogging myself, I was all right, just, just run the heart rate, run to how you feel. If you feel shit, just back it off until you feel better. So I did sort of six weeks of that. So that'll bring me, that brought me to uh, middle of April. I think was the first time I actually felt good. Like I felt like I was actually, I was over COVID. Um, then I would say two weeks port, port, port was on. Um, port, port was an interesting race um, because they had Melbourne 70.3 four weeks beforehand. Yeah. Um, and I'd looked at the start list and there was a few guys there that I was like okay like this is this is a good field I like one of the guys um Jared Osborne he he's now also turned pro so he came second to me at Port I saw him and I was like oh right oh yeah you can you're a good athlete um another guy called Jamie Huggett who won that Melbourne semi point three the four weeks before um another guy called Sam Hill uh, he was, he was also racing, and I'm sitting there going, right, this is a, this is a hot field here. I'm, I, I need to sort of be be on my game. Like anything could happen. Like, um, day before I had a, uh, two days before I had a big ride. I did, I think it was like sixty k's, and I was sort of sitting there going, yeah, I feel good. Like I'm good. Um, bike legs felt good. Morning all felt fine. Swam, swam fine. Um, got out the water with a ex pro called, uh, well, not ex pro. Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, shit. He's from Sydney. Um, good swimmer. I didn't know he was actually in a team. <laughs> so, um, I was like, oh, righto. I was like, oh, this will be good. I've, I'll have a few guys to ride with here. Got on my bike and I saw another guy, another expert, Kieran Roach, riding up the road. I remember my coach, Clayton Patel, who's another expert, yelling at me saying, that's the wheel. I was like, yep, I need to go for him. So probably the first 5K out of town, I hammered myself, 
managed to catch up to Kieran, got my shoes on and everything. Apparently, Kieran really didn't want me um, sitting behind him all day. And he sort of, he rode a little harder than I wanted to at the start. Um, so I sort of just let him go. And it was like, right, well, obviously that's, that, that plans out the window, having someone to ride with. Yeah. Um, I was like, one is Port's a very lonely course. It is. Um, it's forty-five k out. It's forty-five k out, forty-five k back. So the first forty-five k, I did not see anyone. Like I could see Kieran riding up the road, and I could I could see him most of the way out to turn point. I could just see him in the distance. All right, just, just he's still there, right? I just go over the next hill. And go to the next hill, start climbing next one. Could still see. I was like, all right, all right, I can't be riding that bad because Kim's a really good rider. Turned around, and then sort of three quarters of the way back into town, just after Bonnie Hills, I um just lost all power in my left leg. I had a um, my hip flexor was starting to like it got really tight. Lost all power and I lost, I think it was something like I lost two minutes in like 10K. Wow. To, to um, Jared. And I was like, I don't know, at the time I didn't know. I knew, I knew Jared was coming because I saw a few boys I used, like I've trained with, like um, Joe Sulis was with them. Uh, who else was in that group? Um, I think Dean Callahan was in it at that point before he got his flat. And I was because he was in the James James Thorpe multi-sport top. And I was like, all right, this will be this will be interesting. This is out at the far turnaround point. Going back in town, all of a sudden I just see this giant, this orange giant just absolutely hook past me. And I'm like, oh, right, I didn't see the James Thorpe shirt. And I just see this guy look back at me. I was like, oh, righto. So I got onto him. Um, he dropped me just after. Um, where did he drop me off at? Matthew Flinders. I rode up Matthew Flinders with him. And just after Matthew Flinders, oh, he just popped me. Um, then coming back into town, Sam Hill's ridden through me. Um, I was still having issues with my hip flexors. So I couldn't really put the power down up the hills. And I was a bit coming towards the run. I was a bit concerned because I've had hip flexor issues in the past that has actually affected my run. And I was like, oh, right. And I was like, oh, and I sort of, I, I told Clayton on the way through, I was like, hip flex is no good. And he said, just run. I was like, righto, I'll get off the bike and I'll just run. Yep, uh, just just run. I did enough. I um, First sort of 4K was not painful, but I could definitely still feel that my hip flexor was tight, uh, especially running up the hill to Town Beach, running up Town Beach Hill and then back down. And it wasn't till about mm, 10-ish K that I found my run legs. Um, I've now created the amazing yet not amazing habit of being able to negative split 
my half marathons off the bike as I also did in Sunshine Coast somehow. Um, uh, I, and I sort of, Clayton said to me at one point, he goes, all right, you, you're catching him. I'm like, all right, that's good. And I knew I was like, I've still got to catch him. And once I catch him, if I catch him, I'm still going to have to run time into it. I didn't know how much at that point. Um, up through town, come back down the hill. And Clayton said to me, he goes, he's laboring, his leg speed's gone. I'm like, right, I'm feeling good. Let's, let's have a crack. So that, that comment from Clayton sort of lifted me a little bit. And it wasn't until I saw my mum, she goes, all right, you've got three minutes. Two, two of those minutes is what you're going to have to run into him. I'm like, oh, I've got 8K to go. Actually, I think that's seven at that point. I was like, three minutes and 7K, that's a, that's a, big, that's a big run I had to do. Yeah. Um, I caught him out the far turnaround point at settlement point and thought that I tactically timed it, but I timed the pass to perfection, as I'd like to think. I, um, I caught him smack bang at the turnaround point. So I went round the outside of him and just dropped the hammer for the next K. Um, that next K from memory was a 320. Wow. So I absolutely dropped the hammer on myself. Um, and I, Clayton had ended up, he'd um, somehow managed to find a bike and he rode out to settlement point and he was, he screamed at me and then he rode up further along the course to the next just before the next aid station and he said to me he goes coke and water and I was like what and it didn't click in my head I was like oh I should have like he wants he's telling me to have coke and then water to wash it down I was like, all right I'm sitting there going man I've got I've got three k's to go like surely that's not going to affect me at all but I uh, eventually went one by uh, 14 seconds wow. um and I will have a video forever to remember that race fire. Um, there's a great video of, that I'm in Oceana posted of me about uh, falling over at the finish line. The, um, the carpet was a bit wet. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, so they had, it was raining during our run. And I'm coming up the finish shoot and I'm like, I'm sprinting at this point. And I could feel my feet sliding from underneath me. I finished and I was, I was still coming in hot. And I just remember seeing the lady with the towel standing about a metre past the bottom of the finish ramp. And I just remember thinking to myself, I was like, I'm going to absolutely bowl this girl over if I don't slow down somehow. Unfortunately, I tried to slow down and fell over, but that's all right. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Now you... I know you talk about, uh, there was a couple of points I want to touch on. You know, you talk about yeah. uh, being out in front and being lonely on the bike. And is, is that yeah. a big mental head game? You know, not seeing anyone for ages on the bike. Um, what goes through your mind when you, you're out there when there's nobody else around? Um, not, not much. 
with uh, with technology this day these days like you've got your heart rate you've got power and you've got speed you've got cadence so there's always something you can be focusing on yeah. so for that race for me it was simply just how hard can I ride so in my back of my head I was always like I just just keep pushing like I was watching my speed going all right I'm doing 39 all right let's let's try and get to 40 all right I'm doing 40 let's try and get to 41 like I was constantly in my head I was constantly pushing myself to ride as hard as I could um sort of come come Sunshine Coast that was my first pro race um it came in handy (laughs) Um, so yeah, that was a, um, Port was a bit of a, it was more mental for me, Port, um, Husky's a three lap course. So, and at Husky, I had pros in front of me. So I was, I could see people every sort of five, 10 minutes on the first lap and I had people constantly catch. So it wasn't too bad at Husky, but come Port where, it is that big, long 45k out, 45k back. You can't see one. It's you sort of start focusing on, but then obviously it's harder then because if you see the numbers and you go, okay, I'm doing this power, but this speed, it sort it does it does play with your head a little. But I've always been a firm believer that. If you want to try and average a, a speed, try to average that speed. I've come from a short course background where you throw power out the window, you throw heart rate out the window, you just race hard. Yeah. You just, from start to finish, you are on, on if not, in point three pro races now because there's so many short course guys coming in like Blumenfeld, Eden, um, Max Newman, who's an Aussie who came fourth at Kona. Like they're all coming from that ITU background with where it is. You're on the limit from start to finish. So, and you're starting to see that in the Aussie, like the Aussie series where you've got guys like on the weekend, Charlie Quinn first, First pro race as in the semi and as in the seven point three, he just took it to them on the run. Like he ran a, I think from memory his first ten k was like thirty one minutes. Like he just was like, okay, so short course race, boys, let's go. Um, and obviously it didn't it didn't pay out for him, but if he tries it again, say in New Zealand in a couple of weeks, it might pay out for him then. So. It's yeah, that the whole what what's going through your head, it is now simply just you can go harder. Like this you you know you can ride harder than this. This is the average speed that you want to average or you need to average. Yeah. Um I'm sure there's gonna be coaches absolutely cursing and swearing at me right now. But that's 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 the fact of pro racing, you know, it's just ride swim hard ride hard run hard yeah especially if you if you want to progress in the sport you know you're trying to make a name for yourself and yeah you got to get it done so what's uh what's next for you mate i know you got spark elmore this weekend what's after that um 
Hobart in early February. Yep. Um, and then Husky late February. Um, and then um, Geelong. So I'm only, I was going to do, there is an option for me to do Malulba in early March. Um, just trying to work out um, Hobart and Geelong are going to be quite expensive. So Il, Ilmore, there is a race in Newcastle, the Maitland try, which got cancelled earlier this year. Um, same weekend as Malulba. So I was like, oh, maybe I just stick at home do that race instead um and then in between uh hobart and husky is the island try which is also a newcastle race out at stockton very cool mate heaps on yeah all right mate well, we wish you luck on the weekend uh the thank you uh, should be good fun i'm gonna come in and uh have a bit of a look it's been a few years for me since i've been in there um yeah so yeah wishing you all the best mate and uh thank you best wishes for the races to come thank you very much thanks for your time champ oh, good thank you yeah, thanks for having me